Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. It's Friday, April 28th. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. I'm coming to you from Katy, Texas today, where I'm getting ready to open up my women's event, Fearless. If you are anywhere in the southeastern area of Houston, I want to just invite you to come out and join me. It's not too late. We're taking uh, registrations at the door. I'll be speaking tonight from 6 to 8 and then almost all day Saturday. So come on out and join me. I think you'll be encouraged. Speaking of fearless, uh, I have been doing this women's event around the country now for several years, and it's it's kind of a, my way of trying to help encourage and disciple Christian women because we are living in a time of incredible fear and confusion. And remember, I told you on Wednesday that I have been receiving quite a few emails. Uh, with regard to this issue of transgenderism, we see it everywhere. Clearly, what happened with Target some time ago has hurt them tremendously. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with what's going on with Target, I just can't imagine there'd be anyone. Uh, Target made an announcement that they are going to allow anyone who self-identifies as a as a member of the opposite sex to go into whatever bathroom they want to, which of course opens the door to all kinds, all manner of uh, things that could go wrong. It could be misused. There are several ways that I can think of off the top of my head for uh, a person who would do harm to use this, this, uh, idea of being a transgender to go in and actually spy on a woman or to hurt a woman or a child, particularly, I mean, I understand that boys are going to suffer from this too. But as a woman, I can tell you right now, there's no way I'm setting foot in Target until they roll back uh, this rule that they've made, because there is a very real danger. I understand that all transgendered individuals are not dangerous, but people who would use this loophole, there are certainly dangerous people who will do that. And I get emails about uh, the issue of transgenderism and how do we respond as a culture all the time and more frequently than ever in my 10 years of uh, public speaking, I am having moms coming up to me who are genuinely struggling with what to do. So here's just uh, one example. I received an email uh, a little bit uh, ago from a woman and she had a question about transgenderism. Here's what she said. She said, Heidi, I have a friend who is really struggling with her 16-year-old daughter. She says she identifies as a boy. My friend and her husband are very upset and not sure how to handle this. Her daughter goes to counseling, but my friend is embarrassed and upset. She's afraid to talk to anyone, afraid to say too much to her daughter because she doesn't want to make things worse. She's wondering if they've done anything wrong as parents. Uh, She tells her daughter that God didn't make mistakes, that she is a girl, that she was born a girl, but she doesn't want to constantly argue and fight with her. I honestly don't know how to encourage her. I'm at a loss. They just moved to a new area that they hoped would help her daughter. However, 
Her daughter has found three or four other girls at her new school who also consider themselves transgender. Do you have any suggestions or words of encouragement for for her? First of all, I appreciate the honesty of this email. Uh, You guys have been listening to my podcast for a long time. I'm not really big on small talk. (laughs) We're going to talk. Let's talk about the things that really matter and things that are happening in the culture. And I think it's important for us to come at this from a position of, uh, of a solid understanding of what God says about male and female. But we need to understand, first of all, that this is a very real threat to the well-being of our children. I wrote I wrote about this, not a lot, but I touched on it in Becoming Mom Strong, which will be released this fall, which by the way, uh, you guys can pre-order that book on Amazon right now. So get on that. I'm kind of excited. Gender ideology is a major deal in the culture right now. And it is requiring that schools ignore the evidence that is literally causing harm to children. So you can't extol the virtues of gender, of gender ideology and question its soundness at the same time, right? So our pride and our pride is saying, well, if we're gonna talk, if we're gonna say that gender is fluid then we can't question the soundness of that argument because by celebrating transgenderism as a valid identity, schools are actually promoting a mind and body disconnect that may very well bring on the gender dysphoria that they started out trying to prevent. I'm going to be uh, quoting from several articles today that I have found online from some places that I really trust. I will link back to them in the show notes today. But here is one of them, Emily Zeno. So I'm not sure that's how you say her name, but I'll link back to it. uh, From Hands Across the Aisle said in an article published last week, quote, my children need me to look out for them as only a parent can with love, vigilance and patience that refuses to condone self-harm masquerading as self-knowledge. For some mothers, this proves to be a gargantuan task as they watch their teenagers fall under the spell of gender identity via social uh, media, YouTube binges, and trans activists disguised as therapists. These parents deserve our encouragement and assistance through friendship, political action, and our voice in the public square." Somehow we've come to a place where women who demand their gym shower be female only are accused of bigotry, radical feminists are threatened with a fiery death for refusing to call men women, and lesbians are accused of being transphobic for refusing the sexual advances of, quote, trans women. When it comes to gender, men and women, we are living in confusing times. And I believe it's by design. The Bible teaches us that we have an enemy. First Peter 5, 8 says that there is that our enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, literally seeking someone to devour. In other words, he is literally hunting for the souls of human beings. And the enemy has had uh, thousands and thousands of years to work on uh, certain generations of human beings, right? Uh, every generation has its trip, has its tipping point. Every generation has its thing that it struggles with. And part of the confusion uh, that's happening right now is that for many, gender has become merely a subjective reality. So by that, I mean, you have your truth. This is what the culture is saying right now, that I have my truth about um, my femaleness, and you have your truth about your male or femaleness. And it's all subjective because there actually is no right or wrong. There is no male or female. Well, a quick study of the Bible starting in the book of Genesis, says that God made us male and female in His image. The Bible actually doesn't res- 
preserve any other option. And so as Christians, this is our starting point at this discussion. We believe as Christians that God created us male and female, and it's not a subjective reality. We are male or female. We are not male or female just because we perceive ourselves one way or another. Because once we start thinking like that, our children are are being taught that they can alter their gender identity at will because their perception of themselves could change over time. And the other thing that's happening right now is that gender is often viewed as a social construct. So we're asking, does DNA matter? And I wrote about this, I'll link back to this in the show notes today also, I wrote um, The Lie of Gender Neutrality about a year and a half ago, why I'm teaching my children the truth about their DNA. Because you don't change DNA, your DNA doesn't change. The Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked and that we can be deceived by wrong thinking. And so when we say that we are male and female simply because we were raised as boys and girls, or according to a certain um, stereotype of what it means to be a boy and girl, we have fallen under an incredible deception. I have said this over and over on the podcast, and I'm going to say it again. I believe that we are living in a time of incredible deception uh, because we find ourselves in a generation, living among a generation of Christians who are biblically illiterate. So we don't know the word of God and we can't defend it in the culture. And we're living in a time when the enemy is making a full-on assault on truth in the culture. And the Bible says that God defines truth. There is such a thing as absolute truth, and male and female are part of that absolute truth. So in order to understand where we're going as a culture, you kind of need to understand where we started. In 2005, uh, the UK's Gender Recognition Act came into effect. And after that, the name man and woman were no longer legally understood to represent non-interchangeable sexually mature adult bodies. Therefore, the government understood that any combination of two adults could become any other combination of two adults. Can you see how insane this is? So as the world watched in light of this, quote, brave new thinking, it became unsustainable to recognize within the law something that could be done only by one specific combination, the the combination of marriage between one man and one woman. And after that, legal marriage needed to be reconfigured so that all marriages were understood to be between two adults who could define themselves however they desired. So the world watched as as this uh, sort of started in the UK and then across the pond in the United States, 2015 is probably going to go down in our history as the year in which the cult, I called a cult of transgenderism, stepped out of the shadows of the internet, right? And into the light of society. Media, social media, the news, all of these uh, focuses on transgender. I, I saw a cover, uh, Bruce Jenner on the cover of Vogue magazine wearing a corset. We saw Um, several magazine covers in 2015 and certainly in 2016 and now obviously in 2017 who are bringing with them a new way of speaking about what it means to be a person. I think about this obviously in light of my own children and I think what kind of arrogance is it, which also is from the devil, what kind of arrogance is it that makes us think that we can suddenly redefine what has been set in our DNA from birth? Why are the terms male and female all of a sudden interchangeable? Well, it's because we live in a broken, fallen world that the Bible says literally is groaning under the weight of sin. And it's a breakdown that the gen, that, that something we call a gender binary 
is even possible because the the idea of a gender binary is displeasing to God. But here's the thing, we've got to be very careful not to send a message that God does not love the person who suffers from gender dysphoria. I have been watching with a fair degree of interest and sadness as this uh, conversation is literally exploding on social media. And as parents, we have to take a stand, but we also need to, to remember what I said on Wednesday, which is that we are ambassadors for the living God. And as with any illness or disability or any other challenges that, that, that uh, we struggle with in this broken world, the Bible teaches us that God cries with us at our brokenness, at the brokenness of sin and what sin has brought into the world, and that He stands ready at the side of each one of us who lives with, uh, with the reality of a sinful challenge and promises to bring it through it, to bring us through it if we trust in him. Now, obviously, transgenderism uh, as a, is a cultural trend, but the thing is, it's not simple because it deals with the most tender of human emotion and physicality. It's incredibly complex. And as Christians, we can lose the war which is for the souls of, of human beings by focusing um, on temporary battles over issues like transgenderism. At the end of the day, you guys, the Bible says that God's going to make this world right. We are destined, I said this last week uh, when I was uh, traveling with my family to Albuquerque, and I'm going to be talking about this tonight. The Bible says that we are destined to win. We are waiting as believers. Uh, we are caught between the time when Jesus died on the cross and when he comes back again. And we have an enemy who the Bible says is out to kill and steal and destroy in the meantime. If Jesus said that the greatest thing that we can do is love one another, I guess I want to ask us today, is that what we're known for? Are we known for our love? Are we engaging our children in conversations about topics such as transgenderism by first stating that we are called to love? God doesn't see a person as a transgender person or as a gay person. God sees a person as someone who he sent his son to die for. He loves all of us the same. If we can't speak the truth in love, the Bible says that we're nothing more than a gong. If we can't engage uh, the culture around us in love, can I just encourage you today, please don't engage them at all. If we can't engage by speaking the truth in love, we have to uh, remember that we are ambassadors for Christ. And I just say, if you can't say something kind or if you can't speak the truth in love, then don't speak the truth at all because then you sound like a gong. You got to remember that in Matthew 23, 4, Jesus reserved his harshest criticism for those who, quote, lay heavy burdens upon other men's shoulders without lifting a finger to help them. And I am seeing that happening all over the culture. I think part of it is because we're being driven by fear, right? This is a fearful thing. And so here's the challenge. The challenge is to learn to break the pattern that Jesus said not to do. He said, don't lay a heavy burden on somebody without lifting a finger to help them. And at the same time, we can't forsake what the Bible teaches by focusing on, on God's love for humans in all forms of our brokenness and yet not sacrificing truth on the altar of love. So we can walk alongside our brothers and sisters who live with things like gender dysphoria and uh, in, the, in, in, a, in a culture that's literally lying to them. And we can encourage them to honor God's purposes in their life, but we also need to encourage them and let them know, listen, you can flourish how God's designed you. Just the way you are, God gives peace. Jesus calls us to be full of grace and truth. And as Christians, we need to engage the culture and to be thinking through and talking about and engaging in all of the issues that we're struggling with in the culture today through the lens of Scripture and with the heart of Jesus. 
So that means we need Christians who will patiently love and befriend and counsel those who feel that their uh, that their inner identity is different than the one that God created them to be, or that they struggle with what their assigned biological sex is. I believe it is absolutely an assault from the devil himself. And we're watching an entire generation of people struggling under the weight of the lie. And so when we ask ourselves the question, what does the Bible say about transgenderism? We have to start first from the premise that God loves every human being on the face of this earth. It is a myth, of course, that there are two genders. The Bible uh, teaches that there is no other category of human beings besides male and female. And there are other men and women in Scripture who express their masculinity and femininity in a wonderfully diverse way. When I was a girl, I was a tomboy. I was out catching frogs with my brother and playing cowboys and Indians and playing trucks. I had a brother, right? But it didn't change the way I was at it. What's interesting now is that we're seeing girls who behave like tomboys and school counselors, these are these transgender activists who masquerade as school counselors are asking these uh, tomboy girls, do you think you might be a boy? What a confusing and sad world we are living in right now. Someone asked me recently about the anomaly of intersex individuals, and obviously this is this is a reality, right? It's just a, it's yet another example. It doesn't undermine God's design for men and women, but it is sure a reminder of the creational groaning that I talked about earlier, and not the way that we are created to be, but rather it's a reality of a fallen world that we live in. And so, parents, I just want to encourage you right now: a, don't be afraid to talk about what's happening. Speak the truth. I did this on my Facebook page and was. Uh, sorely attacked. And I was called every name in the book. And I think that the challenge for Christians right now is to speak the truth in love, but it is the challenge to speak. And so parents, I want to ask you, I'm going to take this again. I love uh, this. And I'm going back to Emily's article that I uh, referenced earlier. And like I said, I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But I want to ask you uh, to do something that Emily suggests. And I think this is right. Uh, She says, parents, I ask you, will we allow our young and vulnerable children to be fed a false anthropology In other words, a false definition of what it means even to be human, rather than teaching them to speak the truth boldly. Will we consent to our children's sterilization rather than patiently guiding them toward an appreciation of the body that God has given to them at their conception? Will we treat our children's mental health issues with double mastectomies rather than demand that doctors provide a true remedy? As a mother of seven, I can tell you right now, not on my watch. These kids are precious to God, and it's true that this topic is tender, and the topic has often proved to be difficult and divisive in the past, and so it's understandable that pastors and leaders and even speakers like myself shy away from teaching uh, something that penetrates to the heart of the core of this issue, which is deception. But I got to tell you, we have an entire generation hanging in the balance. And so when we avoid the subject, it comes with a hefty price tag. And so while we need not avoid the subject, we've got to speak out. We, we also need to remember more than any, anything else that God loves the transgendered. He loves us all. He loves us when we, when we struggle with the sin of homosexuality. He loves us when we struggle with the sin of greed or lying or whatever it is. The Bible says that we are living in a time of incredible deception and we have an enemy and we need not forget who the enemy is. The enemy is not the transgender individual. The enemy is Satan himself, who the Bible says prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And so I want to encourage you, speak the truth to your children. 
Let your children know that God has created them uh, with a precious purpose and in a precious way, and to remember that above all of the other things that we are called to be as Christians in the culture, the greatest of these is love. We need to have the conversation about transgenderism in the culture today, but our role as believers is first to be ambassadors for Jesus, and second to speak the truth in love. If we don't speak the truth in love, we will, we might win the battle, but we'll lose the war. Thanks for listening today, you guys. I'm excited to see many of you in Houston this weekend. I'm going to come back on Monday with my daughter, Savannah, and we're going to be talking about a new series uh, on the internet right now. I believe it's on Netflix called 13 Reasons. It's basically uh, talking about reasons why kids commit suicide. Um, I'm I'm excited to have Savannah on here to kind of hear her perspective as a young woman in her mid-20s. And so I hope you'll come back for that. Be sure to link back to this podcast, share it with your friends, and please, 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 I'd love it if you leave a review for the podcast over at iTunes. We really appreciate that. It helps kind of bump iTunes up in the ratings and lets more people see it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at The Busy Mom. 